Welcome back to Wrestling Tonight. I am your humble hardcore host, Mad Dog Butch. Joining me, as always, the... I didn't think anything this week. <laughs> Brace Beamer. You're here. Yeah. Everybody's having a great night tonight. And our very special guest, straight from the comics, beer, and sci-fi television show, None other than the Q. Nice golf clap. How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, before we get going, Q, I don't know if you've uh, got a chance to watch our show, but um, we always like to give our special guests a gift. Unfortunately, I couldn't find any cool wrestling-related stuff, but I know you are a fan of DC comic books, uh, so I got you this. The Black Manta Submarine. Thank you. Aquaman. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank no, you. No problem. Right with the collection. Thank you. All right. Wow, yes. look at that gift you're giving away. I know, there. man. I need to come back more often. No. <laughs> well, we'll see how you do. Today. Okay. It's an audition, guys. It's yeah, an audition. So a little like a uh, litmus test. Is that there a ship gimmick? Is that what that is? Oh, uh, that is Black, uh, Black Manta ship. ship. You haven't yeah. seen Aquaman yet? No, used... not yet. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, God. Spoiler alerts from uh, Hot <laughs> Yeah, don't look at it. Spoil. I'll put it down here. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> um, it gives away so okay. much of the movie. <laughs> I can tell it's just completely not worth seeing right now. <laughs> ship. <laughs> no, that... Yeah, you should check it out. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> This week, we are going to be talking about, um, in honor of Black History Month, which we got a day left to, to get it done. Hey, we got it. We're sliding in, guys. <laughs> yeah, right at the end Right there. at the buzzer. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't know why I was here, you should have known already. I'm just saying. Well, I'm not trying, not trying, not trying to typecast you. But, uh, you know, I've been, I've been thinking of a way. I, you know, I wanted to bring you on anyway, but I figured yeah, that this no, would perfect. be a good way to bring you on. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to be called haters or anything. <laughs> so in honor of Black History Month, we are going to talk about our favorite, again, not necessarily the greatest, uh, black professional wrestlers in, in history. Um, now, uh, not trying to rain on either of your parades, but I just want to say uh, before we get going that here's a guy, you know, I don't know if he'd be on any of your list. He did not make my list because he was a little bit before my time. Uh, but here's a guy that definitely should be mentioned. Um, and that is, I mean, especially in this area, a huge name, but a huge name anyway, because he was a pioneer in the sport, broke down a lot of barriers. And that is none other than Bobo Brazil. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, legend. Uh, that, that guy is about as big of a wrestling legend as you can get as far yeah. as names go. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So. And really, we didn't see him around here until later in his career. He had some right. matches with WWF and yeah. uh, some of the local shows around here. Yep. Yep. True exactly. talent. Well, if it's before their time, you know it's before my time. But <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. Broke down a lot of barriers. A lot of the people that's probably on our list wouldn't be wrestling. 
Thompson. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Big money exactly. guy there, man. Yeah. Yep. Big money. All right. Well, let, uh, let's get right into it then. Um, you know, and there's a couple other guys, too. I mean, uh, I, I mean, we'll talk about it as the show goes on. But there, there's guys that probably are not on any of our list that definitely should be mentioned as yeah. far as lay, laying the groundwork oh, yeah. down Pine for, uh, oh, for yeah, future, yeah, yeah. Yeah. future uh, stars. But uh, we'll start with you, Brace Beamer. Um, who is your number one favorite black professional wrestler of all time? Number one, my favorite is Kamala or Kamala. Really? Oh yeah. Kamala, nice. the, U- the Ugandan warrior, that guy, there's a lot of talk about people that, you know, are, <laughs> have the greatest gimmicks of all mm-hmm. time. The undertaker, the original Sheik, mm-hmm. Kamala is right up there. When that guy came into a territory, it was just. It was violence, but that's not all it was. That guy could move. He was agile. He was an athlete. Just had really great matches for uh, being a big guy. Yeah, he didn't no, try all the scientific holds and and all that. Although he could do some of them, and it, you know, I saw some of his stuff as Sugar Bear Harris before that. Not that's in hindsight, you know, right. going back and watching on YouTube. But yeah, Kamala, uh, my number one. That guy was great, and he was uh, money wherever he went. I, I 100% agree. That's a great pick. And he didn't make my list. Um, Just didn't see enough of him. Oh, yeah. But, no, Kamala. Oh, yeah, because you came around a little bit. Later. Yeah, I came around a little bit. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyper yeah. snapper. By the time bit, I started bit, watching bit. wrestling, you know, I had more of an attitude. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, no, no, just going back and watching some of those matches, like with Hogan and all of them, he's a great performer. So, I do, I can agree and I can understand why he would be. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I actually have Kamala as my number six. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, for anybody that doesn't know the story, he was uh, Sugar Bear Harris. And then um, Jerry Lawler gets the credit, actually, for creating the Kamala gimmick. Wow. Um, yeah, 1982. In, uh, in Mid-South Wrestling. Okay. Um, and then it just, boom, took off from there. And when I when I started watching wrestling, I, I, I had probably seen him at some point, but I, I knew him probably more from the magazines. I mean, yeah. Kamala was like a huge name, even though, you know, I didn't get to watch him on, on any of the shows like regularly until like later on. But, uh, but yeah, Kamala, definitely a huge pick. Unfortunately, later on, you know, he's, uh, he's had to have what both of his legs amputated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's in a I wheelchair. One for but, sure. Yeah. yeah. I think he's had both now at this point. Yeah. Uh, and he still gets out to the shows and stuff. Uh, yeah, he does. And whatnot, yeah. So. yeah, and he uh, and he creates his own music. Let's not. Uh, oh yeah, let's right. not forget that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I but, think you can find that uh, video like out on YouTube. Yeah, I think he might even have an album out. I, uh, I heard that. Yeah, so um, country, country, uh, western style yeah. album. And uh, another uh, little fact: he was from uh, Benton Harbor, Michigan. Yeah. Or, yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, he debuted in 1978 as Sugar Bear Harris, uh, manager Percy Pringle. You know who Percy I Pringle know is? Who Percy Pringle. All right. And <laughs> Percy Pringle would later be known as. Uh, oh, <laughs> right. In my opinion, the second greatest manager. Yeah, it could be. I mean, wrestled everywhere in the South. Uh, Kamala, what a great. Yep. Well, yeah. yeah, definitely. Great pick there, Brace Beamer. Um, Q, well, who, who is your number one favorite? Of all time. Should come as no surprise. He's actually black half Samoan. We already know the right. Uh, he's disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I just want to say, 
uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Q is quite a few years younger yes. than us. So, you know, he's he's definitely going to have a different uh, different take on things. But uh, I but, mean, I could have said we Coco welcome, Beware, so. but no, I, I had to choose The Rock. <laughs> no, it, it, The Rock for me, um, I his talent. I don't have you don't have to say a lot about The Rock. You can say The Rock, and you understand why. You could almost just say talent. Well, he is talent. He's so talented. He, he he's got talent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like you know, he's just done. He's not only has he broken down barriers for wrestlers to become actors, even though Hogan did it. Yeah, the Rock been a actually lot before that. Yeah, but. but The Rock actually made good movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I you think, missed our episode last week. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, but he actually made like good movies, you know, not like No Holds Barred or stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, The Rock was my era. Watching him go from beating Goldust, winning in a, I'm in a kind of title, and uh, I'm sorry, yeah, but winning in a kind of beating Goldust at uh, SummerSlam. Watching that match and then watching him go from Rocky Maivia to just The Rock because we kept saying Rocky sucks to watching him grow into the main eventer. Um, just And then his matches with Austin are considered top five matches. Yeah, what do you have, three of them against three Austin WrestleMania? WrestleMania? Something like, like that. They headline WrestleMania three times. Right. Yeah. I, 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 and I will say this, a, lo- a lot of people consider the match with Hogan at uh, WrestleMania 18, 18 yeah. one of the greatest matches of all time. And, it could and, be. I mean, we watched that match, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. it just yeah. just the crowd reaction yeah. alone was yeah. uh, was crazy. Make, yeah, I mean that that like puts it up there. And and you know, The Rock was you know this was when you know you had to buy pay per view, so you had to have a reason to ask your mom to spend that money. <laughs> yeah. To buy, you know what I'm saying? So right, yeah. The Rock was a real reason I had a lot of. Pay-per-view events at my house. a good enough reason for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, just that alone. But, yeah, he's, you know, and they consider that promo with him in Austin, WrestleMania 17, the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he had the gift of gab, that's for sure. You, oh, one of the can, greatest talkers. You cannot argue him being number one. I, I mean, no. I, the only person I think the better talker is Flair. I think Flair's then a better Rock? talker. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I think Flair's a better talker. Um, yeah, you're probably right. And, but I do put Rock as But Rock is, a, I mean, you know, you can't deny it. I mean, you can't deny the Rock had the tools. My knock yeah. on the Rock is, and it, and it may not even be on him himself, but it was just ra- wrestling was changing so much from mm-hmm. the way that we grew up. Right. You know, yeah. um, and he was kind of the face of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main things that I think bothers me about it, the, about, I, I want to say him, but really I can't blame him. Right. But because he's the face of it, I do blame him. Yeah, I punish and, him too. And, and and that and that is because when we were growing up, even if there was like uh, enhancement talent or a jobber, right. you didn't go out of your way to make that guy look foolish and bury him. Right. When The Rock came up, it was like a contest to see who could make their opponent look the, the most yeah. stupid a- as possible. <laughs> and and that was one thing that I learned in recent years. Like uh, that was part of part of the deal with him actually breaking out yeah. with his promos because he would be doing a promo against Triple H and he'd go backstage and he'd be upset. The Rock would be highly upset mm. because he stuck to the script that they gave him and, the, and Triple H was going off <laughs> and burying him. So finally right. he was like, screw it. Well, I think somebody told him, yeah. and this is some old wrestling advice, like it's better to ask 
for forgiveness than it is for permission. <laughs> yep, rings so, true in real life. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Exactly. <laughs> so he started going out there and doing his own thing, and I think that kind of skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like you said, it was the era of everything just, you know, kind of turning the wheels. And oh yeah, WCW really started that. Another big money the guy. content, you know, and WWE had You're to right. catch up. And it just so happens that we were in that punk era where kids were rebelling and rap started becoming the mainstream, and they just had to go with that scene. That's what us. Yeah. That's what we wanted, you know. So. Yeah, and The Rock yeah. was completely away from rap. That was John Cena. Yeah, oh, well, no, but it's, yeah. But just with the whole era, I, I understand where yeah, you're coming from. Because different... my mom, even though my mom let me watch wrestling, like, if I would go to my auntie's house, there was no wrestling allowed in the house. Oh, okay. Because she liked wrestling, too, but it was so different and so edgier than yeah. more, adult she, more adult theme that it was like you right. had to be a teenager. or It was some things that you just didn't want to, have to explain, and they were always borderline on that yeah. subject. Oh like, yeah, exactly. giving birth to hands and <laughs> yeah, like you know what yeah. I'm saying. So right, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they definitely. I mean, that was their way of com- combating WCW. If yeah. anybody doesn't know, during the Monday Night War era, I mean, Eric Bischoff has even gone gone on record and said, you know, that he would have loved to have had The Rock mm-hmm. in in WCW. He's like. You know, no denying it. The guy just oozes charisma. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, he still wouldn't have used them, right? Yeah, instead, they no. had Booker T try and imitate him. Yeah, he still yeah, wouldn't use them. Yeah, right. you're right. They would he, not. He, he would have blew it. Right, exactly. He would have blew it because exactly. he blew it with Bret Hart. He would have blew it. Yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent right there. All right. Um, <clears throat> so my number one, getting back to a little bit of old school, uh, is my wrestlers like, considered old school now too. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's, that, yeah, that's yeah. true. Old, old, old school. There you go. Thank you. No. Uh, and that is uh, a guy that actually was wrestling up until quite a few years ago, and that is Abdullah the Butcher. Nice. Wow. Big nice. Abby. The heat machine. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. For, for what the guy did, I mean, a lot of people say he just ripped off the Sheik's gimmick, and, and I mean, I could see why people think that, but... Uh, you know, that was another guy kind of like Kamala when we were growing up. I mean, everybody knew those guys' names, yeah. mm-hmm. whether they saw him on TV. And he was another guy that really wasn't on, on TV all the time. Uh, I mean, he wasn't signed by NWA. I mean, he, he would show up there. He's an attraction. But he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he was always, everywhere that he went, uh, he always got used on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, always used as an, as an attraction. Had maybe one of the longest running feuds ever with Bruiser Brody. Um, drew money like everywhere with him. Um, so, uh, and then huge in Japan as well. Um, infamously part of the WCW match where he ended up getting electrocuted in the cage match in the electric chair against Cactus Jack. (laughs) Uh, it was like a bunch of them. It was like a bunch. I think Razor Ramon was in, or uh, whatever his name was, Diamond Stud. I think it was just a bunch of guys that didn't really have storylines going on. They just threw wow. him in that cage thing. And then at, at a Halloween Havoc, that was how how you had to win the match, and he's the one that, that, that took it. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, Sounds like something he would do. What about his stuff in international wrestling? Yeah, you know, exactly. Out of, uh, out of Montreal, Canada. We're fortunate to get that here in the northern United States. Mm-hmm. And for people old enough to remember it. Yeah, good, good uh, and I, I'm not sure. I would have to look into it, but he ended up being the their world champion. 
And a lot of guys, yeah. yeah, most of the places that he wrestled at, they didn't use him that way. They right. just like, like uh, Ray said, he was more of an attraction. attraction yeah, and he, he didn't really, and he didn't the money and right, and he and he didn't need a belt. No. But uh, but yeah, Brito, um, who was the promoter of that that league, had such uh, such faith in, in Abdullah, he put the belt on him for for quite a while too. Mm-hmm. And and he turned him babyface. I mean, I know he went back and forth throughout his career, but. Uh, but that was probably the biggest babyface run that he had had. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's, wow. Well, because he turned baby in Puerto Rico as well. Right. Uh, for yeah. a spell there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Uh, but, yeah, but someone like him probably works better as a heel. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Abdullah's got to be a heel. <laughs> yeah. Well, with a name like the Butcher, you you can't be nice. Butchering people. It's but. like a legitimate <laughs> right. <monster>. right. <laughs> All right, Brace, uh, who is your number two? My number two is the Iceman, King Parsons. Uh, right. <laughs> debuted in 1979. He's, I like it. Because he is also my number five. All right. Awesome. Trained by uh, Nick Kozak. <laughs> debuted in Houston. Retired in 2001. Wrestled virtually everywhere there is to wrestle in uh, North America. Okay. I mean, the guy started in Houston with the Portland, Mid-South, that's the McGurick, and then Mid-South Watts, everywhere. Rocky Mountain Wrestling, uh, Jim West. Crockett Promotions, Wild West, World Class. Yep. Guy had <clears throat> held tons of regional titles. And what really got me for Iceman Parsons, he was, he was like, one of the first that, that I noticed, because I watched him, I saw him before I became a big fan, mm-hmm. but he had that fire, like the comeback. Yeah, definitely. Guys like him and Tito Santana and Jimmy Snuka, you know, the old school mm. Southern fire, you're getting beat up and you just yep. spaz out and make your comeback, hitting them with yep. the punches and the drop kicks and whatnot. Oh, that, guy was, that guy was great. Nice. Yeah. You familiar with him at all? No. <laughs> so here's, a, here's a little trivia for you. Okay. Uh, Rudy Pooh, uh, really? one, one of the rocks thing. He, uh-huh. he, he took that from Iceman King Parsons. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, good one. That yeah. is a good one. Um, now, now Iceman, he, I, I want to say he was another one that I probably had a magazine first with, that did an article about him before I actually saw him. Oh yeah. Well, and, that's the case in our time. Like a lot of it. Yeah. You know, you would read about the guys for four or five years, and then all of a sudden you'd see them. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that I did not see him wrestle until he was in UWF, okay. and um, he was. I might have seen him in the tail end of his world class uh, run, but I'm not probably. I'm, I'm not positive, but I know that when they started showing the. Uh, Legends of World Class, which was like older world class. That guy had was having the best matches on the card. I mean, he was a mid carter, upper mid carter, but no doubt about it, he was having the best match of the night. I mean, the whole yeah. uh he was the one that was involved with the with the whole Freebird Free in the uh, hair, hair removal, removal cream, cream removed uh Buddy Buddy Roberts hair with that. Uh creator of the 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 rumper stumper or the yeah. butt butt or the bee sting or the ass bump, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he was the first guy to do that. He used to as come into We Are Family. Yeah. <laughs> a huge star. Yeah. Never understood why the other guys never picked him up. I think he might have. I, I, I looked him up in recent years, and I think he did do 
a couple shows in WCW, non-televised shows. Yeah, sure. Um, but I thought for sure that guy would have got picked up by WWF or NWA. Yeah, maybe he just didn't want to leave. You know, yeah. a lot of people. Could be. I mean, you know. He in didn't those days, to, like, I don't need loyal. to go to New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can stay and make, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars back in that time just working in the South or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I leave. That's true. That's true. I mean, a lot of, the, you know, the, the travel schedule for but those he guys. he did travel everywhere. He would have gone. Never. But if he would have gone to WWF, that yeah. travel schedule was brutal on those oh. guys back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so that could have been a factor, yeah. too. But, mm. uh, all right, uh, Q, who is your well, number two bring it on favorite back wrestler to the 90s. of all time? Bring it on back to the 90s. Uh, 05, is that the year you graduated? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, ninth grade, actually. Um. <laughs> Second favorite wrestler of African-American wrestler of all time, D'Lo Brown. Nice. D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown is actually my number four. He almost made my list. Really? Yeah, I got him written down. He's he's floating there in the outside. Yeah, Yeah, D'Lo Brown was that guy that I was telling Mad Dog earlier. Before I understood how wrestling worked behind the scenes, it was always, how come he don't have the belt? Yeah. Like, he was the one, like, one of the ones that I just wanted to get the belt one time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like The, the world title? Yeah, like, the oh, world okay. title. Like, he want, I want him to have the world title one time. Like, he got the European and the and, but I wanted him to have that world title. And I just never understood until you get on, like, oh, okay, maybe his character couldn't carry the belt, or yeah. he just wasn't able to carry the belt, you know. Or maybe but, he didn't need it. Maybe he didn't need it. But he was... The head nod, the coming out, and then yeah. with the nation domination. And his frog splash was awesome. His frog splash was amazing. And yeah, then the power bomb in the corner, and he does all this, and the yeah. leg drop. And the yep. D-Lo Brown was the guy that, when Shotgun and Metal, like Metal used to come on Friday, and Shotgun mm-hmm. would come on Saturday nights, like he was the one I looked forward to seeing. I knew he was going to be on there. Yeah. I knew he was going <laughs> to be on there. Right. But like he was the one I looked forward to seeing come out every every week, him and uh, the Godfather. That's later on down the list. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a quality selection. That guy, yeah, I, that guy could work, you know, yeah. from a, you know, a smart wrestling fan standpoint. And, but he had a load of charisma. Yeah, you know? he yeah, could. He, he could have really. He, he could have went places, and he, he could wrestle anywhere on the card yeah. too. Yeah. He could. He could have a match that would be like semi main event. He even worked like some of the mains on um, Raw, didn't he? Yeah, and he worked in TNA a lot. And yeah, towards oh, yeah, the end, did. yeah. But I felt like if they would have changed it, he's he's a lot of the people on my list are people that's like, okay, if they would have just had a chance, I think they could like if you would have changed his character, I think he could have adjusted and he could have been one of your guys. But he really didn't stick around you no, know, long was, enough. Well, after the nation, like we were talking earlier, after the nation, he, everybody just kind of went their separate ways. Yeah. And I think WWF picked and chose who they wanted to push and who they wanted yeah. to focus on and. I think he was just one of the ones where they just felt like they couldn't get nothing. Well, out heck, of him. maybe if The Rock wasn't there, he would have got a bigger push. Well, you know, it's hard to you know bypass. Yeah, The Rock. It is. <laughs> so, I mean, because that mean, guy uh, took so much capital well, I, from I, yeah, I, from I, a lot of people. I will yeah. say this: from I, everybody. You yeah. know, I was already such a fan of D'Lo uh, when they made when they originally were cutting when they were firing the guys from the original uh, Nation of Domination. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like hoping that D'Lo was not going to get fired. I don't know if you remember that. Like, okay. He he got spared. Yeah. And like the look on his face, like the whole time, like he thought he was going to get, <laughs> going to get axed too. And then he ended up uh, making the cut. Okay. So, yeah, um, I remember. But that. he's another guy that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, in that era, mm-hmm. even though he was mid card, upper mid card, 
I think he was having the best matches on Raw. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, but back when we were doing our radio show, The Pile Driver, I touted that yeah. all the time. Yeah, you did. There. Yeah. And um, I, I would say in that era, the Attitude Era, he was probably my top favorite, at least for a while in there. Mm-hmm. Um, what hurt him, unfortunately, though, I mean, he was still around for a while, and they put him in a tag team with uh, Tiger Ali Singh's kid. Yep. And um, oh, He was in the lowdown with... Uh... What were they called? They were called the lowdown. The taxi name was the lowdown, and it was him and, and Chaz. It was, t- was it Chaz? Chaz, Chaz. It was one of the Thrashers. One of the Mosher, one, one of the one of the headbangers. One of the headbangers. Yeah, it yeah, was okay. Mosher Thrasher. It, I think it was Mosh. For, yeah, they, oh, they, they was, weren't around that long, were they? They were. It was like two thousand, two thousand and one, because it was right when SmackDown had the fist for the stage. Oh, I remember, and they yeah. were called the lowdown. Then what? Okay, then then I'm. But wasn't he a, a tag team with Tiger Tiger Ali Singh? I and, do remember and that, the, and that's who he was. Uh, that's when he had the tag team match with Draz, and he and he. Yeah, that Draz. was that was yeah that was before that. Okay, that was before Chaz. The Chaz was the lowdown was the one he had right before he left WWF the first time. I thought that okay. I I, I have to check into it, but but either way. That's kind of what ended his career in WWE. Yeah. Uh, the the injury Drives. to Draz. Not that he got blamed for it by anybody, but they just. Because Draz doesn't even but, blame him for it. No. I think he blamed himself most mostly. Yeah. And they were saying he just, you know, after he, that happened, he just. Wasn't the same wasn't person. The same, he wasn't, right. yeah, because I think I, read, I just read it somewhere because I was looking him up, but I just read it somewhere that he said after that accident, he changed his whole ring style. Yeah. Because no, he didn't want it to probably happen like again. safe. Yeah, yeah. Trying to be too, too, too safe. safe. Yeah. yeah, and he changed his whole style, and I think, like you said, that might have been what messed him up. Yeah. Uh, D'Lo Brown, former MMA uh, fighter. Actually, really? Yeah, and he, he had some MMA matches, uh, legit, but most of them were worked. D'Lo okay. did too? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Nice. Yeah, he would, that. he would have staged MMA matches against, uh, like, Dan Severin and oh, whoever okay. else. All right. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm, We'll get into my number two, which is another Brown and uh, another guy that was into uh, shoot fighting before the MMA era. And that is none other than Alan Coach, better known as Bad News Alan, better known as Bad News Brown. Nice. 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 Um, when he now, I don't remember him. He was in international. I, I'm sure I had seen him at some point. Yeah. But I didn't really remember him until he showed up in wwf and um you know i liked his character i like what they were doing with him he kind of shot up to the top but then then he kind of after that he he just kind of i mean even, even though they kind of kept him at the top and, and he was like a top heel it seemed like he just kind of you know he never really won any of the feuds that they like put him in. yeah well he's a bad guy too i mean that's kind of their you know kind of their job there especially at yeah. that time yeah but i don't know they, they could have at least let them oh yeah they could have know, done a... win win something yeah. I, I mean it i guess it didn't really matter because he was involved in the feuds i mean they did kind of use him to springboard bret hart's singles career because at the one wrestlemania there was the uh the oh, battle yeah. royal where yeah. bret was still part of the tag team with anvil and they were both heels and they both were the last two guys in there so they were going to they were going to split it and be okay. like co-winners. And then Bad News ended up giving them 
what they called the ghetto blaster, which is the the uh, back uh, the head kick. Yinsiguri. Yeah, yeah, the Yinsiguri. Yeah. It sent sent Brett over the top or whatever and made him lose it. And then, um, so that so that was kind of what springboarded uh, Brett Hart's singles career. Um, so you know he he did get some shots at Hogan for the belt at one point. Uh, I don't remember him doing much after he left WWF. Did he go back to Japan? Or I don't uh, know. He I think he might have. Or did? Or was he just done? After I think that? he. I think he finished after that because he got started a little late too. He had the whole. He was a judo player and yeah. a yeah, you know, bronze medal in the '76 uh, Summer Olympics. So, <laughs> nice. yeah. He, he was he was about as legit you can get, and he just he had that vibe about him that you just knew even watching on television without knowing he was in judo. He just kind of had that vibe for being a like a badass, right? And he was too. Are you familiar much with I've Bad News Brown? I've heard the name. Okay, heard the name. Haven't seen any of the matches. Oh man! But uh, I'm, I'm gonna go back and check him out because yeah. he sounds like a badass. Uh, just just one, one story that sticks out in my head about him. Uh, he was wrestling in a match against Andre the Giant down in Mexico. And Andre uh, apparently had the stomach flu or something and did a, did a move to him and accidentally pooped his uh, trunks and got all over bad news. <laughs> so he, like, left. He leaves the ring, goes immediately to the shower, didn't even take his boots or anything off. But I mean, he really held no ill will towards him because he was right. just like, I felt bad for the guy because he was sick, you know. Well, ironically enough, like, with Andre, he challenged Andre to the fight. He's one of the few brave souls that uh, got up in Andre's yeah. face. Yeah, he did. I forgot about that. Yeah. They they did have some heat uh, at one point, yeah. but uh, I think that got quashed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who wants to have Andre? <laughs> right? Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Brace. Who is your number three? My number three is Abdul the Butcher. I know you mentioned him before, um, and we ran him down. Debuted in nineteen. I'll just go through a couple notes that I took for Abdullah. Debuted in nineteen fifty eight in Montreal. He was found by Jack Britton. Uh, you mentioned Gino Brito earlier and Abdullah the Butcher. There's kind of a long-going history there. Jack Britton is Gino Brito's dad yeah. who yep. discovered Abdullah the Butcher and got him in training. And, I, you know, I wrote the note down. Uh, he got his gimmick. He had a couple different names before he went to Abdullah the Butcher. And somewhere in the late 50s, early 60s, he changed it to Abdullah the Butcher in a feud with Gino Brito uh, Sr., in okay. Montreal, and you know, and they had a, a big cage match and everything, kind of notorious in that area. Nice. And, and one other note: Does anybody know of any wrestler who may have had more managers than Abdullah the Butcher? <laughs> Pro- no. Probably not, probably because not. that guy went from territory to territory, and he never spoke. Right. And he always had to have the mouthpiece. And I'm about to say that was part yeah. of his gimmick, right? Yeah. That he never spoke. Absolutely. Because yeah. I was trying to think of somebody who might have had more. Yeah. And I I couldn't. Yeah, you're probably spot on there because I mean even in international it would be like who's this guy? Kind of like Memphis yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. Like some some <laughs> yeah. guy that you'd never seen before would show up as Abdullah's manager. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, that was my number 3. <laughs> All right, who's who's yours? Uh, my number three ran a train, so uh... 
Would Brenna, that be a whole train? That would be a whole train. <laughs> yes. Uh, Godfather. The whole train. The whole. Or, no, uh, the no, no, whole no. The train. whole train. Okay, I yes. thought you said whole. No, no, no. The whole. The whole. You know, like the entire train. It, well, he ran a. He ran both. A whole train <laughs> of holes. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the Godfather is my number three. Um, I just. It was the women. How, I can't even lie. It how was can the you girls. not? It was enjoy the girls. Yeah. How can you not? Yeah. Can you imagine? But it was in that era. Can you imagine getting in trouble running around the house talking about some? It's time once again to come aboard the whole yeah. train. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but he was another one. I look forward to the whole train every night. Oh yeah. You know, every week, every week I wanted to see the whole train. But um, you wanted to see the hoes too. Yeah, I wanted to see the hoes too. But um, no, he um. He was a, still a good talent in the ring, won the independent title. I hated him as the good father, but it just showed how I guess a little versatile that he was because oh he definitely he definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah. was versatile because yeah. Yeah. he he got to throw in there well he started off in um, I want to say in Texas as the Soul Taker mm-hmm. yeah um, then he was Papa, Papa Shango. Shango yeah then he was Kama the Supreme Fighting Machine mm-hmm. too so he he was very versatile I think. Again, there's another one that WWF just dropped the ball on. Yeah, I think just... he went up getting injuries and whatnot. He was a little bit older. Well, I think he got a, a late a later start. If I yeah. Right. Well, he was with the nation, but he was like you said, he was comma before. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, comma before that and all those. But by the time I seen him, he I mean he won the Intercontinental Title. He won the tag team titles with Bull Buchanan with Right to Censor. Right. I yeah. mean, I guess he'll go down with. Right, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, so you can't oh, yeah. say yeah. he's not memorable. He, you know, there's a guy probably, I mean, he had, you know, the whole train and everything else. He didn't need a belt. And before that, you know, like with the gimmicks that he had, he was just so over the top with them. Yeah, yeah. but it worked in that era. Can yeah. You, yeah, you, can't ha- you can't do that in the 80s. Wouldn't it? You can't <laughs> even, you barely can do it now. He only That'd makes... be funny. I was about laughing because right. I, I could just picture him coming out now with the whole train. And... Yeah, like, well, now he comes out with his, like, three women and it's like, they're not the whole train, they're just the train. <laughs> yeah. And right. it's like, right. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. no, we know what yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, can you imagine that now with... Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, the, yeah, that would not fly no. in, uh, in this era. No, not in this era. <laughs> but that's my number three. Um, Him and D-Lo... Were my those were my guys because he spent a lot of time on metal and shotgun too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but those were my guys, and um, I really enjoyed. What well, couldn't wait to see them, but just love the whole thing, the whole train, and then hit you with the pimp drop, which is now the attitude adjustment, which people don't realize right. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's every, true. Every time I see him do that, I said, "Ain't nothing but the pimp drop, just the pimp drop." <laughs> Did they but, change that before the five knuckle shuffle or after? Uh, well, he, yeah, yeah, he was he was gone before. He was before gone. That happened, yeah, pretty sure. I don't even think he would. That was used more like it a if... commentary. You know? Yeah, I don't think How he would changed everything. Oh yeah. Oh right. They had yeah. to get well, out of that era. Yeah, because yeah. it was the final of the uh, the fu. Yep, and then it yeah. changed to the attitude adjustment. Yeah. But <laughs> right. I don't think he probably would have used it if Godfather was still there because they a lot of people don't they don't do that when they use other people's finishes and they're still wrestling, right? Yeah, no, they're not supposed for to. For the most not part. Supposed to. <laughs> no, not for the most part. Yeah, no. that's why I think that's why Kurt Angle had such a big beef with Randy Orton. Because he <clears throat> remember he took the Angle Slam for a while while he was still in TNA. Oh, oh Orton yeah. Did? yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't know they had that, heat, but I kind of Not heat, but that. they asked him about it. They asked how did he feel about Randy Orton using the Angle Slam and them calling it a backbreaker. Oh, okay. And um, he was like, 
well, he didn't even call and ask. Like, I, I even though Shan Rock was retired, yeah. I still called, asked, could I use yeah. the ankle lock? Right. Yeah, Got that's, permission. That's, yeah, you know, that's a big that's a and big I thing. I waited until after he retired. Yeah. Kurt Angle was still in, even though TNA wasn't on the scale that WWF was, he was still right. in TNA. He broke, dropping people he broke with the protocol. Slam. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. broke yeah. protocol. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a big thing. Um, you know, kind of getting permission to use yeah. somebody's move that, that, uh, that, that they're kind of synonymous with. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but so, uh, going back to him and, and his real name's, uh, Charles Wright. Right. Yeah. Um, I I did think about him, okay. but I would have put him in as the Papa Shango okay. era because I at first I did not like that character, but he he did such a good job of it. I actually yeah. ended up liking that character uh, quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, actually that character I, I believe just showed back up in one of the Matt Hardy uh, skits. Um, oh, okay. one of those. I, I'm pretty sure that he showed up as Papa Shango. I know <laughs> he was there. And, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, um, I, little known fact: Lita was a hoe. Oh, and so was um, Victoria. Yeah, Victoria was a hoe. Oh, really? Too. Both of them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That's they, that they and that's how they got their start. <laughs> they were hoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mad Dog. Uh, my number three is, and then going back to our favorites of the '80s, um, who was in my top ten, um, Mr. USA, Tony Atlas. Ah, uh, uh, nice one, nice one. He d- he didn't make my top ten, another... but he's like he's up he's, there. He's in my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this he's he's a guy that I mean, when I started watching it, he was just coming off the era where he was tag team champions with Rocky Johnson. I mm-hmm. didn't see that era. It was like right after that, so they were no longer a tag team. They did not get get along in real life at all. Um, <clears throat> so. Rocky was gone, I think, at that point. Um, so, you know, I I would see Tony normally doing like uh doing like um you know, prelim matches on primetime wrestling or, or whatever. But but even doing doing those, I, I really liked him, you know. Uh yeah. and uh so he wasn't around too much longer after that in the WWF. Uh I think he went to world class after that. Got a got a big push in there, right. and they started calling him. He wore like a full Superman suit, and they okay. called him the Black Superman, Tony Atlas. Right. Uh, won their belt. Uh, then later went back to WCW and, and even got a push. But that might have been. See, I don't, I don't remember if that was before WWF brought him back as Saba Simba, which. Okay. You know, I, yeah, I, we, I we, we don't talk about that. No, <laughs> I mean, even even I felt really bad for him at yeah. that point. I mean, he he, you know, I, I've seen interviews with him and he doesn't hold a grudge. But right. uh, but, you know, I remember even thinking, what are they thinking? You know, I mean, I didn't really like the era of the right. really over the top gimmicks anyway. Right. And, and then when they brought him back is as, as that, you know, I mean, they tried to sell it as him just going back to his roots or whatever. But. Give me a break. You yeah, know, that, nobody that was buying just, that. Right, exactly. Well, nobody buying that. And yeah. I'm actually familiar with Tony Allen, like you said, with Rocky Johnson and winning the tag team titles. And I didn't know they didn't get along in real life. That's an interesting fact. I yeah. did not know that. No, they did not. Um, I guess all great teams don't have to get along. You just got to work together, no, huh? No, they, I mean, that's more common than a lot of people think. Wow. Uh, or guys, guys would just not travel together and just show up and go out there to the ring and do their thing and. 
Are they separate? Not, not, yeah. Atlas and Johnson? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I had to take a bio break. I'm not timing my <laughs> coffee consumption right. Oh, no, no, no. I just didn't know they didn't get along. But oh, I do. Those guys were cool. Yeah, they were, you know, like I said, I I know about those guys. And um, yeah. just didn't see a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but YouTube is a beautiful thing. So you <laughs> get to see a couple of matches, the ones that survived yeah. the time and people put on there. But. Um, yeah. Respect for a lot of those, and he's on my honorable mentions. Tony yeah. Atlas and Rocky Johnson. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah I, I, the thing about Tony is, and and what he has said himself is that he feels that they gave him too much too soon. Oh, okay. because he was what? How old would you say? I mean, he was a young younger kid. <gasps> Jeez, um, yeah, you know, in his probably <laughs> early twenties, and and got the huge push in right. uh, what NWA, right? Yeah, before yeah. you went to WWF. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I watched the interview with him, and he's like, he's like, man, it was like 1977, and he was making like seventy five thousand dollars a year starting. Wow! Like in today's, you know, yeah, but back then that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, oh, yeah definitely. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot for a wrestler nowadays. Unless you're working in the yeah WWE, you're probably not making that, right? You know, or you are, well, but you're, you're making, working your butt off. Yeah, working. you're making more than yeah, right. yeah. So wow. Yeah. That guy was that guy was a monster. Yeah, but he was well worth it. Well oh, yeah. worth it. Well worth it. Yeah. All right, Brace Beamer, who's your number four? Number four is Coco Ware, Coco Beware. And and admittedly yes, a lot yes. of this, I liked him, you know, when I when he was in the WWF. Mm-hmm. It, it, one of those guys that would always have like a great match, you know, kind of there's so many guys like that. They're just like good workers that yeah. you know, never got the top spot. Dennis Condries, everybody, Bobby Eaton's, right. except in tag team, but right. uh, Coco Ware, in a lot of that, I, I went back and I saw a lot of what he did in Memphis before right. the WWF. Debuted in 1978, retired in 1995. There's a couple interviews of him out there, recent ones, and they're pretty good. You could probably just go find them on YouTube. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, and his teams with uh, Bobby Eaton and then with uh, – the guy called Norvell Austin as the PYT Express, great. That yep. team with him and Eaton, they're as good as any team I've ever seen, just about. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys that, like you were saying earlier, didn't. I don't think he needed the belt to no, didn't. stand yeah. out. No. And he just did. Because, um, like I said, even I know who Coco Beware is. Like, oh, yeah. He had the great, Bird. Yeah, later the bird. on, tag team with Owen Hart. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was always there as a WWE Hall of Famer, you know? Yeah. And he was kind of a. One of those guys where you're like, why the heck is he in the WWE Hall of Fame when you got all these other guys out there? <laughs> yeah. You know, but, man, he was a um, character and a half. Yeah, Great. and in in a, in a industry where being able to sell your character and as well as on the mic and in the ring, one of the best to do. He was an so. athlete and a half, too, yeah. man. Had a nice athletic background. The guy could do anything in the ring. Yeah. He could punch. His drop kick was one of the best ever in the business. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, he did not make my list, but, um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I mean, I remember like really, like I had just seen like the very tail end of his UWF career and then, uh, WWF picked him up, made him into the Birdman, Um, and you know, I, he was just one of those guys that in that era was never meant to. Rise above mid card status. Yeah, really. One of thousands. But, they got to do their job. You yeah, know? but but still hugely popular with the crowd. I mean, um, you know, they they 
the let's talk about the the Pile Driver album that they put out. Oh, yeah, I mean he was uh, he was like the main guy, <laughs> you know, who the had song. the main song yeah. for that. Yeah. And then he started coming out to that song instead of the bird when they started going to all their own songs. But right. uh, but yeah, and that was another guy that just had great matches. I was always rooting for him. Um, but you know, the, in that era, I mean, you just there was just guys that were just never going to get past a certain era right. or, or a certain spot in the card, no matter what. Yeah. And that was his role and he played it. He played it great. You got to have the mid carters upper mid cards, but yeah. Yeah. another guy, he could, if he had to work a main event or a semi main event, he, he could, could work that style. He could, you know, yeah. adjust as the storyline or whatever needs you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you need, like you said, you need those guys in the industry. Oh yeah. Because... Most that's what most of them are, you know? Yeah. He's so, a, yeah. he's a, He's a legit carpenter. Yeah. Right. He's that guy that you be like, you know, uh, Hogan needs somebody to fight. Let's just put him in with Coco. Or somebody to get the guy over Over, to get to Hogan. Yeah, to get to Hogan, we're going to put him against Coco. Yep. You know, so. Exactly. All right, Q, who's your uh, number four? My number four is actually a guy just like Coco. Um, I think, but I think he was underutilized too until very recently. But I think just gave it to him out of pity. Not pity, but. (laughs) Well, not pity, but I think because I think they felt like his character. They they failed with his character, so they made him made it up to him by giving him the belt, and that's Mark Henry. Okay, mm, you know I don't I don't think they really I don't think they do that because they feel sorry for somebody like they put. I don't know because well, look at our truth, our truth. Mark was, Henry, look how much time they put into that guy. Yeah, I, but you okay? I'm agreeing oh, with him on oh, your spot, by the way. Okay, you Hall know, of Pain, Mark Henry. You could have had Hall of Fame Mark Henry. Like, Mark Henry didn't come, like, he didn't become the world's strongest man. Right. When you signed him, he was the world's yeah. strongest man. Like, you could have played that up from the beginning. Yeah. You didn't have to go through the 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 stages well, that they you did, did to me. Because he's got a belt now. Is that what's going on? Well, well no, he's, he, he's he, retired he now. He retired now, but before he went out, they gave him the world title. Oh, okay. okay. And that was a great swerve, by the way, because uh, he he came out and was crying, real tears, talking about how he was going to retire, and then he it ended up being a big swerve, and he ended up what was it against Cena? Well, that was the second one. That was the oh, second okay. challenge for the title. The first one was a report. One of the backstage guys had called it that he had been in the industry for sixteen years and never won the world title. Yeah. And so the rumor, I, re- I remember hearing it somewhere, an interview with him. I can't find the interview anymore, but I remember hearing this interview. They asked him about how did that character, the transition of him being this Hall of Pain, Mark Henry, come out. Mm-hmm. It was a prank. I guess he was supposed to be in a dark match, like after Raw or whatever, okay. and they played somebody's music and nobody came out. They oh, I heard somebody. about that. Yeah, and then they played yeah. somebody yeah. else's music, and nobody came out. I haven't heard this. And they yeah. played somebody else's music, and nobody came out. So now he's in the middle of the ring looking like a fool. <laughs> so he was pissed. Yeah, it was like a big rib on him. Yeah, like a uh, big rib. So and, he and went. Vince and and the story. Vince was Vince, in Vince on is it. Is the one that that, that did, did it. To him. Yeah. So <laughs> he goes back in the back <laughs> and starts like like Mark Henry is literally the world show. He's yeah. ripping stuff off the walls. He's <laughs> Throwing things, breaking things, and Vince is like, "Holy!" Like everybody's like, "Holy shit!" Like you just pissed this dude off, and nobody yeah. back here can stop him. Yeah, <laughs> right. So Vince like went to him, I guess, like the next day or a few days later, and was like, "Can you be that Mark every night?" 
And then he was like, I don't want to be that mark every night. Because he didn't want to <laughs> have that stigma of the big, angry black man. Yeah. So he, so I guess I kind of put it on him a little bit, too, because he was always trying to be fun-loving because he didn't want that stigma. But Vince was like, no, I want that mark yeah. every night. That's that's the money mark. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the money mark. <laughs> yeah. And Mark was like, okay, I'll do it. And so they had to read the guy come out, say, you have never won the title. You've been here 16 years. You've never won a world championship. And he went crazy. Okay. And that's when they beat, he beat Orton, and he had that great run with the big show. And uh, that's when he started doing the Hall of Pain mark. Okay. But that was all by him being played a prank on him. <laughs> and Vince awesome. wanted that mark. Vince like, can you give me that mark? And I guarantee you, you had a belt. Yeah, they now, tried for years to get the guy over. You know, I, I, I mean, I would say he was kind of over. I mean, even the sexual chocolate was was over. Yeah, it was over. But it, but it wasn't taken serious. Yeah, right. You, I mean, how could you take it serious? And it wasn't meant to be taken serious. No. Um. Now, now he won the the WWE's version of the ECW title. Also, was that before or that after was, he had the the world title? That was before. Okay, so he had. See, that I, that's when I really started to to like him. Yeah, when he when he had that, I thought he did a great job as their version of the ECW champion yeah. as well. Well, uh, he was supposed to break the Undertaker's streak. Was he? Yeah, I just read this a few days ago. Hmm. Vince wanted they were talking about people to break the Undertaker's streak. Like Vince recently, or now, was now, it... this is remember when he fought Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh, was it man, WrestleMania that 22? Was, I, yeah, that I was a while ago. I don't remember, but... I think it was like WrestleMania 20. Yeah, it was WrestleMania 20. It was either 22. I know it wasn't 23 because that's when he fought Batista. Had to be... It was either 22 or 21. 21 was Orton, I think. 22. It had to be 22. So... Was uh, that a regular match or was that a casket match? Casket match. That was the oh, casket okay. match. Okay. Yeah, that was the casket match because he had because Undertaker had the promo where he built the extra wide casket. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> With I Paul Bear. Remember that now. Yeah. So um, he's because Paul Bear was like, "We got this extra wide casket <laughs> just for you." So yeah. Um, but Vince was like, "They was like, well, who can break the Undertaker streak?" And Vince was like, "Well, how about that big bastard, Mark Henry?" <laughs> and everybody, Bruce Pritchard, and uh, everybody was like, "Okay." And they took it to Taker. And Taker was like, okay. And everybody was cool because they figured a few, few days later, Vince was going to come back and say, never mind. Yeah. And that's what happened. A few days later, it was like, Vince was like, never mind. Because yeah. <laughs> they were so, they, I guess they were trying to get them over. But this, like, just go back and watch that Hall of Pain, Mark. Just watch that <laughs> run from that. Like, his last big run, and then, like he said, he came out with that jacket and was retiring. And every He had everybody, because I was watching the Raw when it happened. Yeah, I was, he had I was too. Everybody uh, was I might like, not have been watching when he retired. Yeah, well, probably, he, probably not. I yeah, mean, but he had everybody going. Yeah. yeah. He had, every, like, the crowd was cheering sexual chocolate, and every, he was, because he didn't expect the reaction from the crowd that he got. Yeah, maybe he the, could have beat the, the, the This has to be one of the greatest swerves ever, ever in wrestling. Honestly, ever, really? Yeah, because look it up on YouTube. Yeah, okay. I was just out. watching it before I got here. He wasn't expecting that reaction, and the crowd like literally was genuinely, yeah, giving it they were to upset him. About it. They were upset about it, and then John C- John Cena was in the ring. He raised his hand up, and you know, did you know how John Cena is with the ultimate respect? Yeah, and he went to hug him. 
picked him up, World Strongest Slam. Nice. And was like, I still got a lot left. <laughs> and that started their little feud. But that swerve was probably. Yeah. I, yeah. Seriously, that's going to be one of the greatest in wrestling. And he did such a fantastic acting job mm-hmm. on top of it. Yeah. I, I mean, there was no. I mean, it, it, it seemed totally sincere. Yeah. Because I mean, I it really did. That's like right after he lost to the big show, the rumors had came out that he was ready to call it quits. So yeah. everybody really genuinely thought, okay, this is it. Yeah. Like he's done. Because huh. he had wanted to retire anyway. And then you know how you know how persuasive the WWE hey, is. Hey, money talks. Money talks. He's like, hey, look, we can get some more money out of you. Yeah. So they probably paid him a little bit more, told him you didn't have to work as many shows, just do this last run, and then we'll Put you on a lighter schedule. That's probably what exactly imagine, what happened. Imagine if he could have found that five years into the business instead of right, you yeah, know, sixteen years in. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. But right. yeah, he's. I mean, two-time world champion. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's had some runs where I thought, like when him and MVP were tag team, I thought they should have won the tag team titles. Uh, uh, see, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't either off the top of my head. MVP I, I, had well, unfortunately, one match that sticks out in my head. And another guy that I was considering putting on my list because I really enjoyed his work throughout the years. Mm -hmm. But because (laughs) they had, along with Mark Henry, and I'm talking about, uh, well, he would have been Viscera at the time, maybe. Uh, They had one of the worst matches ever on Raw. Mabel. Uh, But, I mean, it was was Mark Henry early on in his career. Okay. Um, that, That match totally sticks out of my head. So well, if you I, watch him as Big Daddy V, you wouldn't be disappointed. I like no, I I really enjoyed it. I I liked him as that character yeah. probably the best. That was his best. But but I mean, even as Mabel, I liked him. I mean, you know, I didn't like Mabel for a big. I didn't like the character, but for a big man, I, I mean, I saw that he had the talent. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, he he's got the knock that he was a little bit too uh, unsafe. Yeah. In in unsafe, the ring, so. I mean, especially the the deal because he did the leg drop on Undertaker's face. Yeah. Making them have to wear that mask. I mean, yeah. that, that that once you do like, that, you're right? Done. Yeah. Exactly. Well, even Kevin Nash went back. I think Kevin Nash said he made a mistake and got Mabel in trouble because he went back in the back and was like, "Look, like somebody's got to train this dude." Yeah. And everybody was like, "What?" He was like, "He's gonna hurt somebody if you don't show him how to do this stuff right." Yeah. And he was like, after that, he kind of started, and then I guess he hurt Taker after that. But he was like. He told them that before he hurt Taker. Did he? Yeah. Okay. And nobody listened. Okay. But but that was kind of the because he was supposed to be the next guy. That's why he won King. You know when King right. of the Ring. That's when King of the Ring meant something. Yeah, exactly. And that's why he won. He was supposed to be the guy, and but yeah, he was just unsafe. So yeah. nobody gave him. After, after, but after you hurt Taker, you can't hurt. Right, yeah, and then he got put on the back burner for a long time. But yeah, I loved. I actually really liked his uh, Big, Big Daddy, Daddy v, v run. Oh my god, I thought <laughs> I he was going to win the belt. I thought he was going to. Yeah, no, I, I was actually disappointed that he, that they didn't do more with him. Yeah, in, in that era. But uh, all right, um, actually, we already talked about my number four, which was D'Lo Brown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Brace, what is your number five? My number five is the Junkyard Dog debut. <laughs> Yes, 1977 in, in the uh, in the Memphis territory, under the name Sylvester Ritter. Guy worked uh, Memphis, Nashville. That's the Goulas territory down there. Um, 
Calgary, then the Mid-South, WWF, uh, World Class in Dallas, and uh, WCW. Uh, picked up the name Junkyard Dog in 1980 in Memphis when he came from Calgary uh, to uh, Bill Watts in the Mid-South area. Nice. Junkyard Dog, exciting. I mean, that was like, I remember like when I was a kid and when he showed up in WWF, that may have been the first time I saw him because I don't think UWF was on TBS at the time. But man, that guy, it would just, another one bites of dust came out. The place just went nuts. Mm-hmm. Everything I've watched in the past from like Mid-South is like that too. Just yeah. charisma. And the guy had... He gets a knock for not being a good worker. That guy could sell his ass off. Mm-hmm. He was one of the best sellers in the ring. Yeah. Even for a big guy. Like when he took punishment, that guy's fingers were moving. Every, you know, he could sell. He had great punches. Awesome. I liked I love me some junkyard dog. Yeah. No, I I'm totally agreement with you. I, I he's one of the ones that I've can say I've seen because mm-hmm. I've gone back and watched a lot of, oh, a yeah. of those matches. Yeah. But I totally agree with you. Junkyard dog is Charisma personified. Yeah. Um, Passed away in a car crash, and it was, I think, 98. Yeah. Yeah, he had actually, um, I believe he had, like, made an appearance on an ECW pay-per-view. Not not wrestling, but I think they were going to try to get him into yeah, ECW yeah. and now doing you, something that you mentioned right that. before that. Yeah. Um, so um, he, he only made an honorable mention for me, um, which... You know, I, I remember really liking him, though. Like, uh, I remember the first house show that I went to. It was him versus Terry Funk. Oh, and, and, you know, I was rooting for Junkyard Dog at the time. Terry Funk would later go on to be one of my favorites of all time. But at that time, I didn't really care about him. Um, but and then going back and watching his stuff in Mid-South and UWF, I mean, that guy was the biggest star Bill Watts probably ever had in the mid-south uwf era um you should probably check out some matches from there uh with him versus butch reed okay um those two had some great brutal matches against each other um other than that uh unfortunately i think we might have talked about this on a previous one but unfortunately i mean he came into wwf but never really did a whole lot. I mean, he he could he's another guy that I guess you could say didn't need to, didn't need a belt, yeah, absolutely. didn't need whatever. But you know, he hadn't been there that long during WrestleMania one, yeah. and he loses to Greg Valentine. Well, actually, I think he won by a reverse decision. Yeah, but uh, lost. Uh, I I want to say he lost. Not that it really matters in the grand scheme of things, but he lost. I want to say every WrestleMania match he was in. Um, WrestleMania 2, it was him and Tito Santana against the Funk Brothers. They lost. Loses to Harley Race to yep. WrestleMania 3. And then I think he was gone after that. Goes to WCW. Um, got a decent push in WCW. We saw him uh, wrestle live a few yeah, times at, at in WCW at Kobo. Right. Yeah. Um, so Still popular. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. moving around as much, but people loved him. Yeah. You know? I mean, taking nothing away from him. I mean, you know, definitely one of the most influential guys uh you know as, as far as our topic goes um and uh you know hugely popular uh I'll but just, just in wrestling in general there yeah. may have been nobody as popular as junkyard dog within that mid-south territory yeah but and i anywhere. enjoyed watching him in the beginning but but he was just not anybody when i sat down and thought about it that was really that i could call my favorite for any length of 
of time. Yeah. So that's the only reason he only made it as a uh, honorable mention for right. me. But uh, Q, uh, so where are we at? Number five. Yes. Uh, who's right. your number five? Uh, Booker T. The five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. WCW <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion and twenty three time tag, tag team, team champion. champion. Yeah, like <laughs> ridiculous. But um, no, just going from his the start as the tag team in Harlem Heat with his brother, going to his solo career, coming to WWE. Um, I feel like he got punished for being in WCW <laughs> his first couple of years. Um, I just I think Vince did a lot of I think Vince punished a lot of those WCW. I don't guys. know. Yeah, I don't know. He, they 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 have to build them to a different audience, you know. So a lot of times, their guy will get a splash and then they'll pull him back. I, I, I mean, know? I will say this: they did make him the number one guy yeah. from WCW. They did, but you know, they they just they really weren't going to put their WCW guys immediately over their guys that they had already created and established. And I get that. I get that. I think, but I think with Booker T's talent, I think. Oh, I see where you're coming from. He yeah, was up here. And in... then you bring him in, and now he's mid-card? Yeah. I don't think that the, was the right thing to do. No, that I mean, that whole invasion angle yeah, was a total debacle. Ball. And it's funny because when I was a kid, I thought that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like, until you grow up and you realize, like, that shit sucks. Yeah, right. Like, it, wasn't, it was, didn't suck, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. There's no heat. That's why Austin had to go over to that side because they didn't have anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they handled the whole. Looking back on it, they handled the whole thing wrong. You know what I'm saying? They did. And they oh, they, the they definitely did. You know, they had the opportunity to have Sting, and Sting's on the interview. Like this has been on YouTube. He's like, he comes, Booker T comes in the ring, and he looks at the Rock, and the Rock said, and he said, "I'm Booker T," and the Rock says, "Who?" Right. And that killed like, him. Yeah, that killed. That kind of killed him right there. That yeah. killed it right there because you're you're not acknowledging. Yes, I would get it. We were rivals. I understand that. We tried to put you. Even imitated the Rock that. for crying out loud. Yeah, I get all that. But at the end of the day, this man put in work mm-hmm. in another company. Yeah. Yes, it was your rival. But if this was the '80s with all the territories, it wouldn't have mattered because he would have been here eventually anyway. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So you can't punish this man because. I just, just my opinion. I still think he had a great career. He's still one oh, of my yeah, favorite tremendous wrestlers. Career. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, I hated that he had to become King Booker to win the world <laughs> title, but he still sold the role, which that, is a I like credit. The, I which, like, I like what he did with the yeah, with which the is a game. credit. It, and anytime to me, anytime you can have a rivalry with Jerry Lawler, so I get to see the King wrestle, <laughs> is fine with me. Um, I I hated that he had the heart attack for personal reasons because I didn't want. I'm glad nothing happened to him, but. I felt like the him and that punk angle was going to go places. Yeah. Um, just because if you know how to wrestle and you know how to do something with the business, you can do it regardless. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Booker T, number five. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, he He's one of my honorable mentions. And I, <clears throat> I, I was not a fan. Like, I, I had seen him start off in global, uh, okay. global wrestling as a tag team with his brother. Okay. And I I just, I thought they were a little too, too green in WCW. And they got like a big push right off the bat. But I thought as far as in the ring, they were a little bit too green. I mean, they were, you know, they, they looked fantastic. Right. As far as physically. Oh. But, but as far as working in the ring, I wasn't a fan of them. 
But that I was, was not, WCW's problem anyway. They just pushed I, a lot of people. But I became a fan of his uh, after I think Stevie Ray got injured or whatever. They broke up. And then he had the best of seven series in WCW mm. for the, was it the U.S. title? Yeah. With uh, Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah. That, was, yeah that was that was good. That was a really good one. And then I was like, man, this guy has a lot of talent that I hadn't really seen up until that point because he was a tag, tag team. team. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. And then and then he went on just to have a, a, a great career. And, um, you know, def- definitely one of the the top guys. Had more Ever belts than Rock business. had uh, catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. went to TNA and did some good work too. He did. Uh, forget that he went to TNA and did some good work. Yeah, he did. Um, wasn't promotion. he like the first uh, Legends champion, champion they yeah. had in there? And yeah, he yeah. runs he his own promotion in Houston now. So yeah, his, yeah, uh, his little too. school. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Mad Dog. Uh, yeah, my next one. Uh, we already talked about it. My next one is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Iceman King Parsons was my number five. Okay. So, uh, so Brace, who is your number six? Number six, uh, former world heavyweight champion Ron Simmons. Ah, he's <laughs> okay. I know this right. guy. Oh, he was. <laughs> he's he, Farouk to he me. He turned out to be awesome, man. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Debuted in 1986 down in Florida. Uh, worked Florida, uh, WCW, ECW, WWF. And one thing that's weird with Ron Simmons, I, I see that he, like, debuted in 1986. It's like by that time, a lot of the territories were just going away. So some of these guys, like, later on the list, and maybe, like, someone on yours, Q, they they only wrestled, like, maybe one other place before they're in WWF. Yeah. You know, or WWE, maybe mm-hmm. two other places. Or they wrestled in this one spot for a year, and all of a sudden they're in WCW. Right. You know. Simmons was kind of, I still consider him like an old school mold, mold, excuse me. So he worked from 1986 and retired in 2004. The first, the first uh, African-American world heavyweight champion. champion. And that was in 1992. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. In WCW. Yep. Defeated Vader. I was about to say defeated Vader. Yeah. Uh, Another, uh, Former professional athlete in '85, he played with Lex Luger in the USFL Bandits. Little little That's, trivia yeah, there. Yeah, I think I remember that. Now, was yeah, it- and had a had an accomplished college football career. As number retired, fifty number fifty two at Florida State University. Mm-hmm. Now, then, now the, one of the things that they used to always talk about when he first came into the NWA uh, was as as a, as a nose tackle, he was uh, yeah. And he won some award that one of the awards that normally they don't give to the nose tackle. They I remember them talking about it all the time. I don't remember which. I think award it was, it was a, like a defensive defensive award. I know in the Heisman he f- finished like eighth in the Heisman. Okay. All right. In the Heisman voting, so yeah, stud, yeah, <laughs> stud definitely. athlete, definitely. yeah. And it just like I, I just his work in the ring looks so real. Yeah. He's another guy that you look at and you just go, eh, I kind of don't want to mess with that guy. And his <laughs> oh, tag no team. Way. Yeah. And I I thought his tag team with Doom, with uh, um, Butch Reed. Butch, Butch Reed, Reed. Yeah. Who's also on my list, was awesome. Oh, that was a with, great with tag Teddy team. Teddy Long, the manager. Yeah. that was, yeah. Those guys were great. Yep, so definitely. Ron Simmons coming in at my number six. Uh, Ron Simmons is my number 10. All right. Uh, nice. he, was, he was Farouk yeah. to me. 
Oh yeah, he uh, did a great job in there too. I didn't even mention. Yeah, all that he stuff. he was a APA baby. Yeah, yeah. APA Alkali Life Protection Agency. Yeah. You know, uh, sitting there, chain smoking cigars with Bradshaw. Yeah, and um, <laughs> no, nah, just guys loved him with the nation. Um, but yeah, you know, he when he got over here, he was WWF gave him a little push, not a big push. He was number one contender for a while for the championship. Yeah, um, but. Great tag team, like I said, with Doom. Then he formed one with the ape with Bradshaw. JBL, yeah, JBL, yeah, yeah. So um, now, now he was that? supposed to be the quote leader of yeah. the original Nation of Domination, right? Um, they were kind of souring on him at yeah. at that point, or um, well, I just don't think they felt like he could be a, a the leader. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, I think. Because remember, when he was the first leader, that's when he was using the nation to try to win the WWF title. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think if you're going to have a stable like that, that's supporting the main eventer, which I don't think he, that WWF never really considered him a main eventer. No, if not yet. Make, yeah. I don't, if that had, yeah, I don't that think makes did. sense. Now, did you see the era when he first entered there and he had that stupid silver helmet? And he yes. wore like the. the it was blue. the gladiator, right? And he was, yeah. They made him like a gladiator, and I think yeah. he was called Farouk Assad. Yeah, at yeah, that, yeah. At that point, yeah. And then, yeah, thank God they changed that. I mean, that lasted for a little while. Yeah. But I think that they wanted to give him a push as that character, but it just, I mean, it, I'm sorry, but you can't crap. get that over. No. <laughs> so no. yeah. So luckily they changed yeah. that. Same thing with uh, the Nation of Domination. That kind of went as far as they could, and, and then they blew that thing up. Well, think, think about everybody that left that. Like, well, we were just oh, talking yeah. about that earlier. We talked about that before. Yeah, because because I like I said with DX going in, I think DX the nation was like their number one counter. Was well, their number sure, one sure. Uh, adversary. But they, you can only take that so far. And you got the Rock sitting there. They had to take him out. Like yeah. all those guys were just they were they were good on their own too. You know. Yeah, they were good. On, yeah, I mean. Half the guys that's on my list were in the nation. D-Lo, <laughs> Godfather, Mark Hero. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, first four is time. the nation. Yeah, yeah. Really. And Ron Simmons is 10, so I got the whole nation on my list. Yeah, that whole time frame there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean you can't you can't take that away from them. I mean, there there was so much talent yeah. in that group. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, even... You could even throw Ahmed in there. Yeah, I mean, when, even I mean, though he wasn't in there a while, but Ahmed, <laughs> yeah. no, Ahmed was. He looked real. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because he was. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, Ron Simpson was my number ten, but yeah. my number six was Awesome Kong. Nice. And uh, she did a lot of great work. Nice. Her, her rivalry with Gail Kim and TNA, especially when TNA. Was doing the women's division a hell of a lot better than WWE. Oh yeah, like TNA's women division, knockouts division was what WWF's women division was. Like, and I just thoroughly enjoyed that. But yeah, Awesome Kong is my number six. Okay, Awesome Kong is actually my number. Oh, I didn't mention this. Ron Simmons is my number nine. Okay, Awesome Kong is my number eight. Um, totally agree nice. with you. Yeah, I was blown away. By, you know, and I had heard about mm-hmm. her before I saw her in TNA because I think she was having some matches in Japan. Yep. And um, they had so much faith in her and Gail Kim at the time. Yeah. They were the first females that I ever saw main event uh, yeah. a show. Yeah. I mean, they, they main evented their television show quite a few times. Yeah. 
and blew away all the matches that the men the, were the, having. That the men were having. And right. yeah, them two led the the beautiful people like, and they were the reason like ODB came after them and the beautiful people and Velvet Sky and and all them like, but. They had a lot of experience too. Yeah, I mean, you know, they probably had more experience between them than most people on the roster. Yeah, yeah. and another blown opportunity by WWF because they had Gail Kim and Awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They had them at separate times, but then they brought them back and they were there together, and you blew it again. <laughs> right. You blew well, it again. I think Karma was in for a big push, but then she got, pre- got pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, and then um. It, and then she never really went back. I mean, she made another appearance, I yeah. think, at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. At one of the Royal Rumbles. But they were upset with her because she lost the baby and she never told them. Mm. Uh, well, that that's matter? an emotional. Yeah. I mean. Well, that's what she's saying, but they were upset about it. That, nah, that I can't. Never, yeah. I can't blame her for not. Well, okay, here's the deal. They think that she faked it to get out. That is that is where they're coming from. Yeah. That sounds too Whether like that's drama. True that's too much, yeah. Well, I'm just sounds like Dave Meltzer's writing in the dirt sheets. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean that could be, but uh, but, wow. but that's okay. that's what I've seen about that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. but yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, oh, okay, actually, I'm. Uh, you don't. You probably don't are not that familiar with uh, Awesome Kong. I've seen Karma some of her work. I mean, okay. she's you know yeah her stuff in um. Some of the other groups, like even before that, but I, you know, there again, that's somebody that's, you know, not just because she's a big monster woman, but right. she just, she's just she good. looks real. Yeah. She's <laughs> she, you know? she like does her gimmick. Her job well. Yeah. 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 And you I could and say, I think, yeah, that I could see her being that way. Yeah. And I know? think, I think she kind of ushered in the modern era of, of mm-hmm. female wrestling too. Yeah. Yeah. Like WWF definitely paid, uh, played catch up. Yeah. As far as the women go, yeah. yeah, yeah, and she did her job well too. I, you know, I've seen enough oh, yeah, of her definitely. to know that. Yeah, you know, right. and and Gail Kim. Yeah, yep. All right, uh, my number six was Kamala. Nice. Okay. So, uh, Grace, who is your number seven? Number seven, Norville Austin. And admittedly, admittedly, I didn't see this guy when I was a kid, but I I saw him. You know, once they started to show a bunch of different other wrestling, like the Continental Wrestling on TV. Uh, Norvell Austin debuted in the late 60s, retired in 1988. He pretty much worked in all the Southern promotions almost exclusively. Every once in a while, he'd get a shot up in, like, Jim Crockett or, you know, going over to Texas. But he kind of stayed home in the southeastern United States and had phenomenal success in tag teams with – he was part of the Midnight Express before the – Lane and Condry and Lane or Eaton and whatever. I just yeah. screwed that up. <laughs> but before the midnight, the Jim Cornette Mid- midnight, midnight express, express versions. Also, he tag team with Coco Ware, uh, the PYT. PYTs. Yeah. And there's in my and Coco Ware's in my top ten as well. Great worker, you know. Just would go out there. You'd look at the guy, especially in his older when he got older. You're like, eh, I don't know, man. But he would get the job done every single time. Had some great feuds with um, uh, who was he? I can't think of the guy's name. Adrian Street. Oh, oh, that, yeah. oh okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good yeah. stuff, man. Norville Austin, my number seven. All right, I, I, I'm not. I mean, I've seen a little bit of Norville, not enough to really make uh, one judgment, yeah. you know, one yeah. way or the other. But, That's another uh, guy I'm writing down to go check him out. 
Yeah, check, I, got, I got a couple. I got a couple of guys. Yeah, yeah he had a the, good the, rap too. His interviews were good. Yeah, definitely check out the tag team with okay. him and Coco. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have to do that. Okay. Very informational. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. So who's your number seven? seven? Um, Taz. Survive if I let you. <laughs> uh, I felt like great run in ECW. The Human Suplex Machine. Very technical. I felt like. Uh, Got to WWF, another guy that just just they just wouldn't put the belt on. Yeah, well, he he is a hell of a he, character. Yeah, I mean he hell of a character, hell of a worker. I don't know too much did behind you, the scenes. Did you see him, him in ECW then? Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah that's okay, why I li- yeah. like him. Okay, I felt like if he could have carried ECW because he was the world champion there, you know. Yeah, right. And I felt like WWE again dropped the ball. I mean, he had that feud with Jerry Lawler, which was. He he came he came right in with yeah. a feud with Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle. I believe. Yeah, because yeah, he choked him out and choked him out. Had the thing with Lawler, and then they didn't really do a whole mm. lot with him after that. No. Well, he wound up. I think he wound up getting hurt. Like he had a bunch of injuries on his neck. Yeah, that was one of the things that slowed that him down. Him. Okay. And then he'd okay. try, and then he'd have another, and it just wasn't working out. And then that's when the whole commentary. I mean, geez, the guy commentary was great. His commentary was excellent. I know. Yeah, yeah. His he commentary into a was fantastic excellent. commentator. Yeah, but his style yeah. of wrestling, you know, style, it, it just, was cool. I I liked him because he was like five seven and yeah. five eight, and this was like when I really wanted to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. But it was like I could never you because you when you see the world champions, they're all six one and six two and stuff see, like that. And I think that's another reason why WWE didn't give him yeah. the push. I mean, they definitely were not going to push him the way that he got pushed in ECW. No, there's yeah. no way. No. And that was another thing. But watching him in ECW was like, okay, I can be 5'7 and be the world champion. Yeah. Like, right. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah. at the time, ECW, even though it was the little puppy on the market, was the third biggest wrestling in, you know, in yeah. the world at the time. That was it was WWE, WCW, and it's ECW. Yeah. And a lot of people liked ECW because of the violence and the hardcore. A lot of people uh, towards the end chose ECW over WCW, which made it the second biggest promotion. So it just looked real. I mean, it just, it, and it looks so real. That's what people missed. Missed. Yeah. Make and, it look real. And, yeah. and that was another thing. Like I remember having arguments in school. You would say, well, WWF and WCW might not be real, but ECW, now that's some real <laughs> shit right there. You know, right. so, like, like, those other two might not be real, but I'm telling you, ECW is real. Yeah. Like, you can't fake what they do at ECW. <laughs> but, like, but, like, that was a huge thing. But Taz, for me, was because it was like, I don't have to be 5'7 and jump off the top rope and be a high flyer. I can go in there and suplex somebody yeah. And, yeah. and make it. You know right. what I'm saying? And be a technical. Well, wrestler. you forgot right. he was five seven. Yeah, that's you what know? I'm saying. Five seven. I could be five seven because I'm five nine. So, but at the time, it's like I could be. I don't have to be six four to win the world title. I could right. be five yeah. seven and go in there and not have to jump off the top rope and be a high flyer and take risks. It's called could, old school wrestling yeah. and yeah. working. Yeah, it's like I could go in there and suplex somebody. And oh yeah, drop toe hold right. and get respect and have respect. Yeah, and that's. To me, why Taz is on my top ten, and that's when I wanted to be a wrestler. That was my inspiration. So that's Taz was. Yeah, Taz nice. was. So all right, cool. Um, he uh, did not make my top ten, but uh, we we mentioned this before. Um, his name is being thrown around right now as going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah, deservedly, yeah, well deserved. So, 
Well yeah. deserved. And yeah, the only person to be and just in commentating. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the only person to be the ECW champion while working for WWE. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that they yeah, did that, that whole yeah. fiasco with yeah. right. Mike Awesome. With Mike Awesome. And, yeah. 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 Excellent. Good pick. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. My number seven is a guy that we mentioned already. And uh we're running at low on time, so we're gonna have to speed it up a little bit. But okay. uh that would be uh the natural hacksaw Butch Reed. Ah. Um a guy that uh had a good singles career. And then had a had a probably a better tag team career in WCW as Doom, along with Ron Simmons, as we mentioned, um, was the natural in WWF for a while. Um, supposedly, the story is that he was supposed to win the Intercontinental title from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but no show the show. <laughs> and that's how the Honky Tonk Man ended up winning. Wow. <laughs> The natural, he was, he was sweet. Yes, he naturally blew his chance, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. And uh, he, he happened to be my number eight as well. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Uh, one other thing real quick that I want to mention is, uh, do you remember um, when he was in WCW, probably after he had left WWF, so it was like 89, I want to say, um, he was being managed by J.J. Dillon. And they were kind of hinting around that he was going to end up being a horseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It never happened, but, yeah. oh, but wow. they were hinting I around that he was going to end up okay. being a horseman. So yes. I think that would have been cool yes. if so, they would have. I mean, I think he could have fit them. Which is another blown storyline, WCW Blue, <laughs> NWO versus the horseman. But... Yeah, exactly. Oh, Butch Reed debuted in 1978, trained by a guy named Ronnie Etchison out of the uh, Central States. And that's kind of where he started. Central States being Kansas City right. and St. Joe, that whole area over there. All right. Pretty much wrestled uh, everywhere. He's yep. a man. Yeah. Doom, once you say Doom, you pretty much <laughs> oh, cover yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. He's one of those guys that say, like, you know. He's in the mold. Right. You know, yeah. athlete. Did some rodeo as well. So, yeah. Uh, Butch Reed. He used to be called uh, Hacksaw Butch Reed when he came in. Hacksaw uh-huh. Bruce Reed. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. That's right. All right. Uh, Brace Beamer, who's your number eight? Well, that, that was Butch are? Reed. Your, yep. Yours was okay. Yeah. All right, Q, who's your number eight? Then? Uh, my number eight is another ECW alum, and that's Jazz. Oh, okay. Female to hardcore. Um, <laughs> I've seen her in ECW, but she's involved in one of my favorite storylines to me that made Trish Stratus the wrestler she is today. She was like Trish's first like major big opponent when she first came. Because she came to ECW after the invasion. Okay. She was one of them people that you was like, oh, why was she there in the invasion? She was one of those that came after the invasion. But hmm. Jazz, tough as nails, uh, did some great work in the ring to me. Um, she was tough. She looked tough. She looked tough. <laughs> like, and it was it was funny because I was always upset because Jazz came in right as China left, mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Because you know, as a kid, you're like, well, where the hell is China? You're not understanding. Yeah. But yeah. it's like if oh if they could have just held on a little bit longer and tried to keep China and made her happy and blah 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 blah. Can you imagine a China versus Jazz? Oh, yeah. Like tough. because when China when they made China go to the women's division, there was literally no women that could beat China. Yeah, right. right. They, remember they made yeah. that a storyline. Oh yeah, with her and Lita, there yeah. was no women that could beat China. Yeah, and we all knew that. Yeah, because they had already at that point had they already had her wrestle the men. 
Yeah, she had yeah, already won yeah. the Intercontinental title. By this time, she was in. She had won the women's title. It was like, yeah. wasn't nobody gonna, wasn't none of the women gonna be her. And right. they brought, she left, and they brought in Jazz. I felt like Jazz was brought in to replace China as the alpha female in the locker Probably, room. Well, they did that with Beth Phoenix later. Yeah, on. later on, they had yeah. that one powerhouse female, yeah. and that was Jazz. And I felt like if if you could have just had one China versus like. That's to me. That's one of my top five dream matches that I would have loved to have seen. China really? versus Jazz. I yeah, a lot of people probably would have liked to see that. I would have loved to yeah. see that. Yeah, you know, that's somebody that I didn't even like consider when I was making my list. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I could definitely see your point there. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna have to uh, speed this up a little bit. Okay. Uh, my number eight was Awesome Kong. My number nine was Ron Simmons. So I'll just jump right up to my number ten, and it's actually a tie between. <laughs> Cheater. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I, I wanted to get both of these. I just wanted to mention both of these guys, so I'll just mention them. I won't really get into their backgrounds. Two guys that might surprise you. Ice Train from WCW. That does surprise I me. I loved that guy's really? work. I Yeah, that guy yeah. was great. That guy deserved a much bigger push than okay. he got. He was great in the ring. He always had good matches. Um, okay. And another guy, Mr. Ebony, um, who was Tom Jones, and uh, <laughs> who, Mad Dog, Little trivia for everyone out there: Mad Dog uh, based his ring gear on Mr. Ebony. Oh, is that who it was? It was. Wow. Yeah, it okay. was. It All was. right. All right. Uh, Brace, well, just go ahead and uh, run down the rest yep. of your list. Number nine is Sonny King, and again, that was more of an older selection. Did a okay. lot down south. Had the great punches. Great on the stick. Seventies uh, into early eighties guy. Yep. He was one of my honorable mentions as well. Cool. And number ten, uh, Rocky Johnson. We talked about him yeah. earlier. And you you mentioned the um, uh, who was who was your who was the guy you said was the reason for your tights and whatever? Mr. Ebony, Mr. Ebony, Rocky Johnson always <laughs> also wrestled as Sweet Ebony Diamond under a mask. <laughs> oh yeah, so, he did. I forgot about yeah. that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring that back in. <laughs> I'd forget and, about uh, that. Rocky Johnson, the Rock's dad. So. Yeah. Well, yep. Can't beat that. All right, Q. Uh, who no, do you got? Number nine uh, is our uh, truth. So yeah. just showing my age a little bit. There. Ron yeah. Killings and, and Ron Killings, it, but in TNA he was had amazing. Amazing. You were a big amazing fan of Rod Killings. I, I was. Yeah, uh, it, he had just had some amazing matches in TNA. Again, still had good matches in WWF, WWE. but they didn't compare. No, but I will say one thing. I will say the matches that he put on with John Morrison, those were good. Those were for a couple of times they stole the show. Yeah. A couple of times they stole the I'll show. agree with that. And I'm glad to see that he's kind of getting some recognition again. Finally. Well, I think he's but ready to retire, but you think, know the rumor in the I back. I think so, but. The rumor in the back is he's real good friends with Vince. Oh, okay. And, like, him and Vince are really good really? friends. Because Vince, you know, likes people like. Like the Vince McMahon? Like the, like. <laughs> like, you're fired, Vince McMahon. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but he's, like, real for good friends with Vince. So. Okay. That's why he sticks around when everybody else gone, and hmm. you still see him. Oh, okay. Um, but I think injuries just caught up to him. Yeah. Because like every time they I get ready so to too. give him a push, yeah, it seemed he like gets he hurt. I happen to a lot okay. of those guys. That's yeah. how they work now, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, my number 10 was Ron Simmons, and that was Okay. It. All right. Uh, thank you very much for no being problem. here, Q. Anytime. Uh, where can people catch your television show, Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi, and what time? Uh CW, 2 o'clock in the morning, every Saturday night, 2 a.m., Sunday morning, Saturday night. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, comments, Beer, and Sci-Fi. Check us out. Nice. Absolutely. I've seen it before. I've seen both of you guys on there in the yes. same segment. Good so, show. Nice. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's right. All right. Thanks. Uh, Brace, any any final 
parting words. Oh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Mad Dog thanks again, fantastic me. job. Uh, constant professional. Everybody have a good <laughs> Thank night. Thanks uh, for having me. All right, me. everybody, uh, just keep checking the uh, Butch Blood Facebook page for updates on our next show. Hopefully we'll see everybody next week. And take care. Your ear off. Well, I started this dance in my neighborhood. Now everybody's doing it because it feels so good. All you need is a partner that know how to move. And the rest are real easy. Just stick the groove. Hard to start, you just go for your partners, you know what? And then you G-R-O.